This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Bringing you a common sense and fresh perspective to creating a just society. This is Common Sense on Social Justice. You'll get equipped with the tools you need to carry out social justice right where you are. Now, here's the host of Common Sense on Social Justice, Michael Davis. Thank you once again for joining us on our journey to, in step with the Holy Spirit, create a just society right where we are. And I say that in step with the Holy Spirit because we don't want to rely on ourselves. It's ultimately not our work, but it is God's work. As we surrender, then we get to be a part of it. Breaking news. How often do you hear that? If you watch the Sean Hannity show, it seems to be the regular introduction to his show. Friend and I were laughing about that here a while back. But today we're going to begin a look into an encyclical that would seem to be breaking news. And that is the encyclical Rerum Novarum by Pope Leo XIII, which came out in 1891. Now, although it is nothing new to the teachings of the church, it certainly defines in definite words how workers should be treated. And the subtitle of this encyclical is on capital and labor. So he's dealing with very, uh, Pope Leo XIII is dealing with very specific topics around people in the workforce. Now, what are the circumstances of the writing? I touched on this in the last episode in the history of uh, encyclicals on social justice or social issues. But I want to get more into detail what happened in the Industrial Revolution. Up until the Industrial Revolution, which many point to the year 1760 as the beginning of it, we have uh, an agrarian society. We have most people being farmers. Um, you know, you have people being candle makers because didn't quite have electric lights yet. In 1760, we have, you know, this more natural way of living. But then around the year 1760, like it says, many point to that year, the Industrial Revolution takes shape in England. And it was at its height during the release of this encyclical by Pope Leo XIII. But what happened is that factories began to be developed and mechanistic ways of working so that as a human individual, you're not creating something, but rather you become now the cog on an assembly line that's just mass producing machines and things that are very disconnected from the creative order. The Industrial Revolution forced humanity into this artificial way of life, and it created a landscape of concrete, asphalt, 
and machines. In fact, as you go about your day, every day, you don't have to get out of your house. You go into your kitchen and your counters are full of machines. You grab a remote control and turn on a machine to get artificial pictures blasted at you. You turn on your computer, again, a machine. Uh, and then, you know, it's all made of artificial uh, elements uh, in, the, in its very structure. You get in your car to go to work or go shopping and you get in a machine. And you, if you're not listening to good Catholic radio, you may be listening to a station that's blasting artificial sounds of music that we now create. Not, you know, speaking against modern music at all. I listen to it myself. We may go to skyscrapers or to factories or concrete, huge concrete boxes of stores to work. In other words, our whole day is surrounded by visuals of machinery and of concrete. Our day is not surrounded by visuals of trees and forests and of, of fields or whatever. We live in a concrete matrix. Now, many will say that the upside of the Industrial Revolution is that it raised the standard of living for many people. And while it did, many actually argue that it only increased people's incomes at 15% at best, but that the cost of living went way up, and so really people are still stuck. Even now, as I record this podcast, we have hyper, well, I wouldn't call it hyperinflation, but we certainly have uh, uh, inflation that has some historical numbers attached to it. And in that, wages are staying relatively stagnant. And so people are having a hard time keeping up. And so more and more people are becoming homeless as a result. And I see that in my everyday work. So did it raise the standard of living? And I guess the question we would have to ask ourselves is what do we mean by standard of living? Uh, people certainly are still starving to death around the world. There are many people going hungry, and without food assistance, many people, even in the United States, can't eat. And so we're not sure if it really raised the standard of living or may have destroyed it even more. It certainly increased child labor. Again, child labor, as I said in the last episode, did exist before the Industrial Revolution, but it was greatly increased Charles Dickens, again, my favorite, one of my favorite authors, probably my favorite fictional author, wrote much against this form uh, from his own experience of working in a factory as a child. The Industrial Revolution certainly increased pollution. I mean, that's our daily conversations are around the amount of pollution around the world. Uh, before I came into the studio to record this today, I had to take my car through DEQ, which is something we're required to do in Oregon to ensure that to get the tags renewed for the next couple years on my car to ensure that my car is running properly and not dumping an undue amount of pollution into the air. So you see, our world is, is polluting and we haven't figured out how not to do it without just simply going back to walking and riding horses. Because no matter what cars, even electric cars, it's coming out, the amount of pollution that goes into mining, the, the, the elements that you, the metals that you need and to 
you know, building it in the factories, shipping the cars to their city to be of choice to be uh, sold. You know, in other words, the Industrial Revolution has locked us into this way of life that just pollutes the earth. And I mentioned this last time, but many connect in my research, many connect the vast increase of extinction of creatures to the Industrial Revolution, saying that we have permanently altered the ecosystem of the earth because an incredible amount of creatures and plants have gone extinct from the pollution and the workings of the Industrial Revolution. Of course, not just that, but, you know, for example, we used to get our coffee locally. But now our coffee is limited to certain parts of the world. And we, the way, um, especially the mass coffee companies, they strip the lands, they strip the forest bare, and they alter the ecosystem of those areas just to produce mass amounts of coffee. That's just kind of an example to show you how we've altered everything in our modern lifestyles. And then what Pope Leo XIII brings out is that the Industrial Revolution brought about this war and it brought separation between the working class and the wealthy class. So with workers rising up, with all these issues increasing, people protesting, Pope Leo XIII writes the encyclical Rerum Novarum. What does it cover? Well, the... Today's just an introduction. We're not going to get into the actual writing itself, but the themes that we'll see in this encyclical is, first of all, capital and labor. That is the subtitle. So it's titled Rerum Navarum and then underneath on capital and labor. Pope Leo XIII uh, covers unrestricted capitalism. I want to talk about this for a minute. Uh, other popes have talked about this as well, that the free market and Pope John Paul II talks a lot about this, that the free market is a good thing as long as it has certain legal constraints. We'll talk about that in a little bit, but the free market's a good thing. And these popes never quite said, said capitalism is a good thing. They all said the free market. <laughs> and what they saw was that we have unrestricted capitalism and with unrestricted capitalism, you're basically stuck with a different form of communism. In communism, the state controls your life. In unrestricted capitalism, the corporations control your life. And in communism and socialism, all the money gets sucked up to the top where the state, in the hands of the state, and people are left poor. In unrestricted capitalism, all the money gets sucked up into the hands of the corporations. And again, the people at the bottom are left poor. And so Pope Leo XIII speaks against unrestricted capitalism. He talks about the right of workers to unionize, that workers have a right to unionize in order to speak up for themselves and to get unjust or to get just wages and benefits and time off of work, the right to safe work environments. Uh, he talks about the role of the government and the church and the economics, economies and social justice. We'll get more into this as we get into the encyclical itself, but he talks about what is the role of 
government in the world economies and in social justice? What is the role of the church? So he gets into that. He gets into the conditions of the working class. You know, he observed that the people in the working class were in dirty, polluted, unsafe work environments, and they uh, were in living in cities that were polluted and unsafe as well. So he gets into that. In fact, my father died uh, 10 years ago, and he died of a lung disease that the doctor believes was connected to my dad working in a factory and the chemicals that were in that factory. So again, unsafe working conditions. Pope Leo XIII talks about something that's very important to the church, and that is the right to private property. And he talks about how socialism takes away that right to private property. But Pope Leo XIII shows that if a person has the right to private property, then they have the opportunity to thrive off of that property. And then he also talks finally of socialism as a social ill. And we're going to break down each of these things as we go throughout the series. Before we go on, I want to clear up something that kind of gets misunderstood, but the church, the Catholic church, as seen in its various writings, is not for socialism or communism, but it is neither for unrestricted capitalism either. Pope John Paul II and Pope Francis have both spoken especially against socialism and unrestricted capitalism, with Pope Francis calling un the unrestricted pursuit of money an idol. And what these popes and others have advocated for, again, as I said earlier, is the free market. And probably more of a distributism than capitalism. And I won't get into distributism today. I've explained it in the past. But the free market is this free exchange of products between people, but notice with legal constraints. Now, the free market with legal constraints may sound like a parody, but it is not. In a sinless world, you could have the free market without legal constraints, but we don't live in a sinless world. So we have to have constraints put on sinful people while advocating for a marketplace where everyone has the opportunity to thrive. That can be a little tricky. That's why we have the ongoing conversation between the church and between various governments about how do we do that? How do we put constraints on greed and oppression while allowing people the freedom to thrive? So it is very good that we have this amazing document as a guide for us as we seek to create this just economy. Some of the injustices we face today, I was sitting back the other day, I was thinking, what are some of the injustices? We talk about them, but we don't necessarily define them so well. Well, some of them that I wrote down would be high interest rates. I mean, have you seen the interest rates on credit cards? It's extremely high. And now in housing, housing is getting more and more difficult for people to obtain because they keep raising the interest rates on mortgages. 
But especially the credit card companies, the payday loan companies, just high interest rates. And it's especially on the poor because it's the poor that can't get these balances paid off. So they're the ones that get deemed very deeply with these high interest rates. Unfair tax structures. That's another thing we're facing from this industrial revolution and in modern society is unfair tax structures that favor the rich. So in Oregon, we have a very high income tax. We don't have a sales tax, but we do have a very high income tax and high property taxes. Well, this income tax favors the rich because at the end of the day, even though they may pay a larger percentage, still at the end of the day, the poor end up paying a greater portion of their income and taxes than the rich do. Whereas a sales tax, just this is just a thought off the top of my head. It's not a dogmatic statement. Okay. It is just a thought off the top of my head that a sales tax is a fairer tax because the rich buy more things and they buy expensive things. And so with a sales tax, the rich end up paying more taxes because they're simply buying more things. That's common sense. And so we have the podcast Common Sense on Social Justice. So there's my two cents. High inflation. Right now, and at the end of 2023, we're, we're facing just very high inflation rates. And it seems like the current administration doesn't want to do anything about it. Any government should be attacking inflation and seeing to it that families get to enjoy a strong economy where they can thrive. As Pope Leo XIII brings out, wealth in the hands of a few and poverty in the hands of the masses. That is one thing we'll be spending some time on in this encyclical where Pope, the Pope says that what has happened is the wealth has ended up in the hands of the few and poverty in the hands of the masses. We have unfair wages. People are not being paid a fair wage now. It's ridiculous how low the wages are compared to the cost of living, especially on the West Coast of the United States where I live. So you have unfair wages coupled with high cost of housing, unjust court systems. I've seen this firsthand. Unjust court systems that favor the corporate structures, and we could go on. But these are just a few of the giant injustices that we are facing now in our modern times. And so thank God that we have Rerum Navarum from Pope Leo XIII to help guide us and give us some direction to go. I really, as I encourage you to create a just society right where you are, I really encourage you to pick up this encyclical. If you can't afford a copy of it, you can go on the Vatican's website and read it from there. You just look at the list of popes, you go click on Pope Leo XIII's picture and his encyclical pops up there. But if you were to read this encyclical and get some instructions, it could really guide you in your pursuit of creating a just society. The answers to our society lies in God who has spoken through his holy church. The church is not just a theological school. 
but rather the church is very concerned with the practical things of how families get food on the table, how workers get paid and how they are treated, that they are safe while they work, that families get to take time off of work to relax, to recharge and to worship God and to go to mass. The church is concerned with these very specific things. My patron saint, St. Benedict Joseph Lebray, was concerned with spending much time in adoration. He would spend weeks in front of adoration before the Blessed Sacrament, but he was just as concerned with making sure beggars on the streets had enough to eat. In fact, he was a beggar himself. He took on that life voluntarily, felt it was a calling from God, but he would beg, and if he got too much money for a day because he only his goal was to only have one meal a day and if he got enough for two or three meals he would share that with other beggars so saint benedict joseph labray a very holy man concerned with spending plenty of time with jesus was also concerned about the plight of his fellow beggars may we rise up and defend the cause of the poor In the writings in the book of Jeremiah, God through Jeremiah says that God calls each of us to defend the cause of the poor and needy. And may we rise up and defend the cause of the poor, the needy, the working class as we create a just society right where we are. You've been listening to Common Sense on Social Justice with your host, Michael Davis. A common sense and fresh perspective to creating justice where you are. Share your comments and questions with Michael by emailing sjcommonsense at gmail.com. That's sjcommonsense at gmail.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.